My name is Sarah Prout, and I'm a manifestation and mindset expert. I'm devoted to helping you to manifest the life of your dreams. And in this show, I'll be sharing with you weekly doses of inspiration to attract all of your goals, your dreams, your wishes, and your desires. Over the last decade, I've inspired millions of people all over the world on how to consciously create their own reality. And I'm here to help you to connect with the universe activate your intuition and enjoy every step of the journey. I'm a best-selling author, mother of four, and creative entrepreneur. Together, we're going to cover topics such as mindset, spirituality, and of course, manifestation. This is The Manifest Podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Manifest Podcast. If you are new around here, I am so excited for you because if you have just discovered this podcast, you will see that there are hundreds of episodes that have all been recorded to inspire you to manifest the life and the business of your dreams. So whatever brought you here to this podcast, whether you are a longtime listener or you are a newbie, welcome in. Because today's episode, (laughs) this is a gritty one. I am going to be diving deep into the metaphysical principles of attracting money into your life, specifically how to heal your anxiety around money. And I believe that this is a very important topic for a few reasons. The first reason is that many of us hold limiting beliefs around attracting abundance into our lives. And secondly, anxiety is something that can be managed. Now, before I dive in today, I want to say something very clearly. This is somewhat of a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional. This is not medical advice. This is simply my own tried and tested wisdom from traveling the path of playing with the energy of the universe to magnetize and attract abundance into my own life and how I've managed to do that with the awareness, of course, that there are many seasons and cycles of life and the flow of abundance. So when I talk about anxiety, I want you to know that I'm not specifically trained in talking about it from a medical perspective, because general anxiety disorder is a really serious thing, and it affects around 6.8 million adults in the US. This is around 3.1% of the population. And another interesting fact is that women are twice as likely to be affected by anxiety than men. Now, this is just a guess, but if I were to zoom out and intuitively tune in to the reason that anxiety is sparked in a lot of people's hearts, it's because they feel like they are broke, that they are poor, or that they don't have enough money. And so this is a very real issue of concern and, of course, an opportunity to bring about levels of compassion, no matter what path you are traveling right now, whether you are one of my listeners and you are a successful multimillionaire to the people that might be out there that are finding it hard to cover the cost of their bills or upcoming holiday expenses and all of the stress and fear and anxiety that is (laughs) so often activated during this time of year. And, And the time I'm recording this, it is December 2022. So we are in the holiday season. And for many people, they have to stretch their budget just a little bit further to cover the expenses of the holidays. And kind reminder here that it's not just about money. I want you to remember that, that it's not about, you know, having all of the gifts under the Christmas tree or whatever holiday you celebrate. It's about presence and energy. And we're going to be diving into that today because this is one of the key things that will help you to dismantle those levels of stress 
and anxiety. So <laughs> you might want to make yourself a cup of tea and or take me for a walk with you. I know so many listeners love to take me for a walk with them to listen to the Manifest podcast every week because it's their way of connecting to the universe within and to the field of infinite possibilities. So first up, the backstory. And like I said, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. It's so lovely to have you here. So for those of you that are not familiar with my story about, oh my goodness, it's close to 14 years now. I left 10 years of marriage. I left my first marriage and I left with nothing. I had absolutely nothing. I had a whole household, 10 years worth of furniture and knickknacks and, you know, kitchen items and bedding and everything that goes towards contributing to a marriage and a household. And I just left. I left with my two kids. I left with a suitcase, one single suitcase with all of our stuff crammed in it. And I had $30,000 worth of debt. And there were some days that I didn't even know how I was going to feed my children. And even though I've spoken and, and shared this, this story from stages and speaking gigs and podcasts and interviews for the last nearly decade now, I still get emotional sharing this story because it's a reminder that no matter where you are right now, that it is possible to change. So I want to dive into some of the uh, mechanisms and tools that I used when I was in some of the darkest times of anxiety around money and then moving through even to more my more abundant seasons where even though the money was still coming in the door, there were still uh, beliefs of scarcity that were remnants of not processing my emotions properly at the time. So what I want to do here is two things. The first intention is that I really want to share with you that it is a moment by moment choice point that we have in how we perceive money. And then secondly, I really want to unpack the energetics behind money so that you can release some of that fear and anxiety and see it more as a flow of energy. So when I first became a single mother living on welfare, I was living with my mother and she was so kind to be able to offer me a spare room in her house in Queensland. She was living in this little place called Coolum, uh, which is on the Sunshine Coast. And she had this little bungalow at the back of her house. And it was one bedroom and the kids took the bed and I slept in the walk-in closet. <laughs> and so I was 29 years old. Um, I actually woke up on my 30th birthday in the closet. <laughs> um and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to provide for my kids? So I had recently um, started applying for places and there was nowhere that I could find to live that really made me feel like I could start fresh. And remember, I lived in an established home in an affluent suburb in Melbourne, Australia. And then all of a sudden I'm faced with I mean, this is a very real thing for so many people. I'm not unique. I really want you to know that. I understand that there are so many different paths to your own success stories. So for me, applying for different places, <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have money for a bond, which is, you know, like the the four weeks rent that you have to pay before you move into a place. I didn't have the rental record history because it was always my ex-husband that was paying the bills. And so I had no income history. I was on welfare and I had to find a roof to put over my head and the heads of my two children because my mother couldn't possibly take care of us for that long because she was already overextending herself to have us in her over in her space. So I had this beautiful opportunity to recalibrate my energy in one of the most incredible places I believe in the world. It was Noosa on the Sunshine Coast. That's where I really wanted to find a home. And it was about 30 minutes from where my mom was living. And so I was looking at apartments and some of them were just awful and they were out of my budget. And there was this one place that I found that was probably in the best location but it didn't have a washing machine or a dryer or anything like that. It had a couple of rooms 
the walls weren't insulated. It didn't have air conditioning or even heating. And I thought, you know what? I can make this work. And even though I had to stretch the budget just a little bit more, it was $310 a week. <laughs> and I, that was more than I was able to cover. And so <laughs> what I did was I made up my own. And so for the first time in my adult life at 29 years old, actually I was 30 by the time I moved in there, I felt free. And I felt really abundant because I was no longer in the marriage that I felt was very constrictive and very toxic, which it was. And I could start fresh. I could raise my children on my own terms, which was great. Uh, I didn't have to think of anybody else. You know, when I was married to my first husband, I would have to have dinner cooked at a certain time when he got home, or I'd have to have the laundry done, or I'd have to tidy up around the house. It was very 50s housewife for me back then. That was my own, uh, my own self-imposed rules. And I remember that it was during this time that I would put the kids to bed at nighttime and it would be really quiet in this little apartment after I moved in. The first nights were really the scariest for me because I thought, oh my goodness, I'm actually on my own. I am a responsible adult. And I mean, I know this is a bit of a, being a bit of a late developer, right? Because I was 30 and I'd never managed my own bills. I had never managed my own finances before, which is why things got so out of control to uh, get to $30,000 worth of credit card debt by the time I left. That's another story as well. I won't go into the details of that. Uh, but here's the thing. I had to really ground myself in the awareness that if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I was so scared. I was riddled with anxiety. And the thing about that time is that it presented me with the opportunity and the choice point to either view myself as an extremely abundant person or to perpetuate the fact that I would be in this space forever. Now, I really want to be very careful here because beliefs are interesting creatures. <laughs> when you are in the midst of struggle and poverty and you don't know where your next dollar is going to come from. It is terrifying. But you also have the ability to choose to be hopeful, to choose to be grateful, even though you are faced with such tremendous scarcity and, and such fear. So for me, I mean, I will give you the rundown in this episode, probably in a way that I never have before. Uh, I have mentioned this story before that I used to steal soap from the public restrooms uh, at my children's primary school or elementary school for my American friends. I used to put it in a little Ziploc baggie or a piece of, uh, what do you call that stuff? Glad wrap, ceram wrap. I don't know what it was or, or tin foil. And I'd take it home. And that's how I would clean my kids' clothes in the bathtub. Now, if you have children, you know that children make a lot of mess and uh, they need their clothes clean regularly. And I couldn't even afford to go to the coin laundry. And on the times that I could, oh my gosh, it was so magical when I could put those coins in the washing machine and know that, you know, I didn't have to hurt my hands with the, the soap and scrubbing the clothes. And I mean, there are people in the world. I am so aware of the privilege that I have, even in that moment of scrubbing my clothes in a bathtub, that I had running water, that I had a roof over my head, that I had access to soap, that I even had clothes for my children. I, I was so aware in that moment of how blessed I was. So even in the face of adversity, I was trying my best to feel grateful and to feel abundant. And, um, there were, there were some days, oh my goodness, that I had just coins, a couple of coins, a couple of 20 cent coins in my wallet. And that's what I had to feed my kids for the day. And so I would go to the supermarket with the very creative challenge of thinking, how am I going to feed my kids? What have I got? Okay. So I've got a bottle of ketchup or tomato sauce, as they call it in Australia. And I can buy myself a 40 cent bag of no name pasta and I can boil it up. I can put the ketchup on it and we're done. That's good. And my kids were okay with that. And then the next day I knew that my welfare check would clear and I'd probably be able to pay 
the bills and everything would go out and then I would be faced with a similar problem. So one thing that I really want you to keep in mind here as well is that I had written a book around this time called The Power of Influence, The Easy Way to Make Money Online, because I had connected with people on social media. Uh, This was in the days before Twitter had hit the mainstream media, and I had around 20,000 followers, which was pretty unheard of at the time, and I'd built it all organically by having conversations with people. And so one of the things that helped me to move from Melbourne in Australia to Queensland in Australia was the fact that I'd I'd put together a coaching program. That's a story that I'll go back and tell another time, but it helped me. So during that time, I did have little chunks of abundance coming in. And this isn't a thing that I, this is a thing that I really want you to pay attention to that you can get really resourceful when you are looking at ways to generate abundance, but you have to be willing to rise above your anxiety and just do what it takes to get through. And for me, I mean, I I felt so defeated when I had to furnish my little apartment when I moved in and I had nothing. My mom gave me this couch. Uh, She had bought it from a Goodwill and it was a great couch until it was flea ridden. And we discovered that there were fleas and the kids were covered in flea bites. And I had to go to Goodwill and buy mattresses. And I bought two pea stained springy mattresses for my kids that were $30 for the two. And I remember putting them on the floor in their bedroom and placing a sheet over them and thinking, oh my gosh, my, what has my life come to? How, how did I get to this point? How, how did I get here? And then that's not the question that you should be asking in that moment. I should have been asking, oh, I should have been actually becoming aware of not how did I get here, but where am I going? I'm excited for where I'm going and I'm grateful for where I'm at because I had somewhere for my kids to sleep. And then kindly, a man that my mom knew, she, he donated a bunk bed, which was great. So that was one of my first pieces of furniture. And then there was some kind of refrigerator that I had. I didn't have a refrigerator for months. I think it was like four or five months. And a man said that he could get one for me for 20 bucks. Uh, Even though it was a little bit old, I still said yes. And that was incredible. And slowly I began to build. So another key point here is to remember that no matter where you are at on your journey, that you can build slowly, incrementally, and then you will see a bigger picture starting to form and starting to, to gather around you energetically. And you'll begin to see the blessings, even in the smallest things. So I bought this dining table that was another $30 at the Goodwill. And I did this over weeks. Every time I'd get paid, I put aside a little bit of money uh, to furnish my house or to at least get the basics covered. And so I found this $30 table and it was covered in wax and kids crayons and all that kind of stuff. And I sanded it back and I thought to myself, okay, this is great. I've got a table, but I don't have any chairs. Dear universe, (laughs) if you will, help me out with the chairs. (laughs) And I remember that I think it was within 24 hours of getting the table that the next door neighbor or somebody down the street placed out six chairs on the side of the road that were going out for the hard rubbish collection date. You know how in communities they have uh, hard rubbish days. I think it's called hard rubbish days. I don't know what it's called in America, but it's hard rubbish days in Australia. And so I said, thank you, universe. And I went down there and I collected the six chairs and some of them needed a little fixing up. And they were this disgusting baby poo mustard color. But I was so grateful because as my dad used to say, you can make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, which is an awful phrase now that I think about it. But what it means is that you can make something beautiful out out of even the most difficult situations. And that's what I was trying to do during that time. And my days were happy. I wasn't in the toxic marriage anymore. I could define life on my own terms. So I was in my struggle became this energetic playground where I didn't know what would appear 
next. And even though at nighttime, as I mentioned, that's when the anxiety would hit, I learned some very specific tools internally to be able to switch my perception from what was wrong to what I'm excited about coming into my life. Now, when was it? It was Christmas 2010. And the bank kept calling. The bank kept calling two, three times a day saying, hey, Miss Prout, when will your next credit card payment come? And my mom kept on saying to me, you have to declare bankruptcy, Sarah. You just have to. You're never going to be able to pay this debt. Um, You need to do something about this. And so I called the bank and I met with the bank manager and I found this thing that you can do to claim financial hardship. And so I said, okay, is there a way that we can do this and we can pause this for six months, just financial hardship, you know, it freezes the interest. And it was in that asking because I said, look, it's coming up to Christmas time. I have no way of providing my children with any Christmas gifts or anything like that. And I told him my story. And so it was six months that it was placed on financial. I think, I think it was six months. It might've been three months. Anyway, it stopped in my bank account and that gave me some breathing space to be able to think about the next steps. And so I started thinking about gratitude in a different way. And now it's time for a few quick words from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. So I've often thought about this, how amazing it would be if we came to planet Earth and we had a user manual because it would make being a human being much easier. So here's what I know for sure is that unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, or even becoming a parent. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to help you learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash prout. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash prout. So I have a question for you. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? I know that I have. Oh my goodness. We went through what I would call a subscription overhaul last year and we literally saved thousands upon thousands of dollars because apparently over 80% of people have subscriptions that they have completely forgotten about. And maybe for you, it's something like an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. And there's this great app that I absolutely love that helps me to track all of my expenses. And because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions I don't even use. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. It's really easy and streamlined to use. And the great thing about it is that the app shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out that you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash Sarah. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash Sarah. 
Because as a friend of mine once reminded me that it is very easy to be grateful when you're at a feast. It is so easy to be grateful when life's going well and you're really feeling happy and everything is going according to plan. However, (laughs) when you are worried about where your next meal's coming from and you are sacrificing meals so that you can feed your children and so that they don't notice that anything's off, (laughs) it's, it's hard to be grateful. But I was grateful in the fact that I could provide for my kids. And there were days when they wanted things, you know, when you're at the supermarket and they say, hey, mommy, can I have some chips or some candy or can I have this? Can I have that? And I couldn't afford it not even fruit. And I understand that there are so many people out there in similar situations. And this is why if you can, and you see somebody asking for help that's struggling, realize that it takes so much to get to that point of asking for help, because there is so much dismantling of the ego and so much humility that has to step forth. And, um, For me, I never asked for money. I never asked for anything. And I was so stubborn that I didn't even ask my ex-husband for help or my mother who was just 30 minutes away or anyone. I was going to figure it out. It was my own creative puzzle. And now when I ask my kids about that time frame, uh, Thomas was eight at the time, seven or eight. And Olivia was four. She was three when I first left her dad. they see it as such an adventure and they never knew that we were struggling. They never felt like we were living below the poverty line. They knew that I was struggling, but we had our time together. We had so many laughs and we lived close, so close to one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, which was Noosa, Noosa Main Street or Noosa Main Street Beach, which is one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. And that was a 15 minute walk from my little apartment. And I remember spending time in nature and feeling so abundant and feeling like I was rich because I was surrounded by beautiful trees and clean air and the stars at nighttime. And when I was in bed at night, I could hear the ocean in the distance through my window and thought, this is where people save up to spend their money on vacations. They come to Noosa on their downtimes, they have their nine to five jobs and then they come to Noosa with their families to create memories. And here I am in one of the most desirable holiday destinations in Australia, and this is where I get to live. And so it is how you position your situation that is the difference. Um, so anxiety can spiral and show up in different ways. And so if you know my story, (laughs) you know that I met my husband on Twitter. He was in Hollywood and I was in Australia and we fell in love. I was in my little apartment in the most beautiful place in Noosa, even though, you know, there was, (laughs) there were issues with the apartment. The electricity didn't work. There were all these things wrong. I fell in love with somebody. Now, I was only just looking to get back into the dating scene. I had been single for about a year and I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm 30. I've been in a relationship for all of my twenties, all of my twenties. I have been married. I was, became a mother when I was 21. You know, this is me time. So I signed up to a dating site <laughs> and I uh, had a few conversations, never really went on dates with anybody though. Uh, but there was this guy that I had known for about a year and he was a friend. He was a friend that helped me with my mindset to navigate all of the difficulty that I was going through. He had a love for spirituality, manifestation, and the law of attraction. He had worked alongside a very prominent and well-known law of attraction teacher. And we bonded through Twitter and it was like a light switch went off and He didn't have any money. He was broke. He was 25 years old and he had just been given a paycheck and he spent all of that paycheck on a flight to Australia. It was a really cheap flight too, which was perfectly timed. And so we met at Brisbane airport and we knew that we loved each other before we'd even met in person. And it it was just magic. It was like I had found 
my person. And it wasn't like I was lonely and I was not able to be on my own. It was like the universe placed this person into my life for a reason. Because together, we would have to build our way out of my poverty, out of my struggles. And like I said, he was 25, I was 30. We didn't have anything, not a penny to our names. And yet (laughs) we had to think creatively to create a business. And so our first year together, we worked to create what is known as the Adventures in Manifesting book series. We created an online course as well called Adventures in Manifesting. And in our first year, we generated $85,000 together. This was money that we had never seen before. And of course, there was lots of uncertainty. I'm not going to dive into all of the details in terms of, you know, Sean leaving America and me navigating uh, all of the trauma that I'd left behind the previous 10 years. There was so much tension, anxiety, fear, doubt, uncertainty. Uncertainty would have been like the biggest Uh, theme word if we had a theme word for 2010 and 2011 and what I loved about that adventure was that it was so random that I was calling in money and abundance and I ended up attracting the love of my life and it was it wasn't that I was being specific like I want to manifest a millionaire that didn't happen I manifested somebody that could help me create something and to facilitate a bigger mission because it was the trial through fire of eating or scraping off moldy bread and toasting it and eating it anyway because there was nothing else to eat or uh, like I said stealing soap from the public restrooms which is something that I never do I've never stolen anything in my life Uh, the soap was a necessity I thought well people use it anyway that and toilet paper Um, I knew that there was more on its way. I just knew that my story was going to unfold in a much bigger way that I could ever, that I could ever anticipate or imagine. And for me, partnering with Sean and having somebody with me to navigate the anxiety around money, (laughs) actually made it worse because my welfare check had to be split an extra way. I had an extra mouth to feed. He didn't have any money. He couldn't work because he was a U.S. resident in Australia. And until he got a permit, that wasn't going to happen. So our first year, $85,000 through creating a project, which we knew we could amplify and help to disseminate other people's stories. We had both had a lot of knowledge on how to create things online. I had my social media experience. I had been studying uh, how to create eBooks and online courses and e-commerce things. And this was all really, really basic. We did it on the smallest budget possible, but we created these publishing packages. And then the next year, I think it was 2012, we did a quarter of a million dollars. And things started to change for us, even though we still held anxiety as the debt was paid off, which was fantastic. There was this new sense of, well, how do we sustain this? So you see, once you were in like the depths of despair of um, living below the poverty line, there were many days I was living on less than $10 a day to now having what could only be my dream life of bringing in a quarter of a million dollars. I mean, that is, that is something I never thought was possible. Even in my, my journals that I had kept years prior, I thought that if I made a hundred thousand dollars a year, I would have made it. And let's be real. That's in like the top 1% of people that earn that level of income. But the thing about money is that you have expenses if you run a business and you're creating a product. So the money that would come in needed to be reinvested into the business. So we were still living on a very lean shoestring budget, even though the outward appearances of abundance were expanding. And so I had to learn a new set of tools to understand that it takes money to make money. And it takes money to keep money. And that unless you work on your inner mechanisms of abundance, then you're just going to spend all that money anyway. There is a really alarming statistic that states that over, I think it's 80% of people that win the lottery 
within the first five years of a big win, a million or more, it's gone because they don't know how to take care of their money. And this is something that is mind boggling to me. And, and I, it's mind boggling at the same time of understanding that I've walked a very similar path of seeing money from the perspective of energy. I believe, and this is one of the key pieces of wisdom that I want to share with you today in this podcast, is that money is energy. Money is an exchange for energy. You put something out there, it comes back to you. And so it needs to be extended that awareness beyond just the limitations that we place ourselves on, as in X amount of hours per week work at work equates to this much money coming into my bank account. The first port of call, if you will, that I would love you to consider is that money comes from different areas and open up your heart to new levels and layers of abundance. One other thing that is tremendously important to do is to connect with the universe consistently and to begin that dialogue. Like I said, one of my first and earliest spiritual mechanisms was to open that dialogue with the universe. Dear universe, I'm so grateful, even though this is really (laughs) unpleasant right now. Dear universe, I trust that my path is unfolding. Dear universe, what would you have me do? How can I serve? And it's that awareness and writing that down in perhaps your Dear Universe journal, which is available right now. You can get your copy by going to dearuniverse.com and getting your Dear Universe manifestation journal to cultivate your connection, your daily connection with the universe. And so the universal connection piece was vital and has continued to be vital on my journey. And For Sean and I, our business evolved. We went from creating six books in the Adventures in Manifesting series to creating online courses and products. And, you know, I landed an international book deal. I remember I said that I had a book called The Power of Influence, The Easy Way to Make Money Online. That was my first book with Wiley, which is a very small advance. That was $5,000. And that just went off my debt very quickly. And then when I landed a literary agent in New York, which was such a beautiful manifestation. I think I've recorded, actually, I know I have, I've recorded a podcast episode on how to create a best-selling book. If you go back and listen to that, that is a really powerful resource. If you are an author or you would like to get your story out to the world, that is a really important place to start. Uh, So in 2019, no, 2018, I flew to New York to meet with my agent And I had this idea for my book called Dear Universe. And we went around all of the the best publishing houses in New York City. It was so fun to pitch the idea. And then those ideas went to auction and the contract went to the highest bidder. And it was a combined contract for $273,000 between HMH, which is now HarperCollins, and Audible to do the audiobook version. So just remember, remember me scrubbing my clothes in the bathtub with stolen soap from public restrooms in Australia (laughs) to less than 10 years later being in New York and pitching my idea for my book for over a quarter of a million dollars. (laughs) Like I said, I I don't say this lightly. I don't say this lightly. And I am so filled with gratitude every step of the journey. Oh, that just just threw me out of out of nowhere. Um, no, out of somewhere, out of somewhere, definitely. But it's so grounding and humbling to know that every step of the journey, no matter how painful, can be transmuted into power, into into a story that maybe one day you'll be telling on a podcast and then get emotional. So there are so many different stories like that that will transform your life. And here's one thing that I want you to remember. When I say they paid me a quarter of a million dollars to write a book, I wrote a book that I knew would serve the most amount of people possible. That it's not even for me, it's not even about the money. It's about the impact that it's had. And so far, and I'm so proud to say this, Dear Universe has sold over 100,000 copies all over the world. And it has also been translated 
and is currently being translated. I think the latest count was 11 translations. And so it is so humbling to be able to serve a bigger audience because it's the service, the intention as an act of service that transmutes into abundance. And it is so much more important than the money. The money is the vehicle. It gives you the freedom, the freedom to choose what you want to do. And for me, my life was beginning to radically transform. And so (laughs) then we will fast forward and get into a time machine to 2020, where my anxiety and my levels of anxiety were at an all time high. I got COVID in, no, it wasn't. I think it was May 2020, where this was before you could even test for COVID or even what it was. (laughs) We were all in lockdown. I was sick. I was sick for a long time. And with that sickness came panic attacks that I've never had before. And this impacted my ability to show up. And um, I wrote about this actually in my latest book called Be the Love, Seven Ways to Unlock Your Heart and Manifest Happiness. If you really want to dive in, that is a definite place to start. And so what happened for me with these panic attacks were around money because Sean and I had been placing too much of our balances on our credit cards that it was out of control. So out of control. Like I'm not even, I'm not even going to name a number because we had traveled through a very difficult season in our relationship and we didn't know how we were going to navigate paying this debt. And so we had to, <laughs> we had to really get clear about what, what we wanted and the dynamic in our family had changed because we had intended and set the intention that we were going to move to the Hamptons, which we did. We moved to East Hampton in, when was it? September, 20, oh yeah, it was September, 2020. And then we moved back. We were only there for three months and thank God that happened because it gave us the opportunity to really downsize and to save and to get super curious about how we could play with money in a new way, not just spending because we could, but really getting mindful that we were investing in every single purchase. And so thankfully we cleared that debt within a year that was gone. That was unimaginable amount of money. (laughs) Um, But here's the thing, it was possible because we were creative and we were willing and we guided our energy. And so going back, my $30,000 debt when I was a single mom on welfare seemed like nothing in comparison to what I dealt with in 2010, 20, sorry, all the years are (laughs) rolling into one now, 2020 and 2021. 2021 was one of the hardest years emotionally for me of my life. It was so hard. I was dealing with that feeling. They call what do they call it? Empty nest. When I was missing my son so much because he was out on his own in the world and all of the worries that come with that. And then I was navigating, um, feeling not great and grounded in my body. And I was so in my head and filled with anxiety. But this year in 2022, I've actually managed to circumnavigate anxiety. And even though there have been a lot of things that have happened this year that have caused a great deal of anxiety around money, around health, around my family, around situations, I, I believe that I have manifested a way to manage it through meditation, through self-care practice, through mindfulness and breathing. And so I, what I want to do in the next couple of episodes, I think not the next episode this month, but the last week in December, I will record a year that was episode of all of the highlights of 2022, because I listed them out the other day. And it is incredible to witness the internal transformation of how I've dealt with different situations versus, um, how those situations would affected, would have affected me in the past. So how to heal your anxiety around money, just realize, and if you've got this far into the podcast, thank you. Uh, you. You guys know that I speak from my heart. I'm here to share my own experience. Uh, so if you're one of those people that leave a review that says she talks too much about herself, well, <laughs> newsflash, that's the, that's the idea of the show that I share from an authentic space 
of experience. I walk the talk. And this is why we're here to learn and grow from one another. So healing your anxiety around money is reflecting on your own story. Whatever story you have and any of the similarities that we may have on our journey, whether you have struggled with beliefs around money, whether you are programmed from being a young kid of thinking there's not enough money or that money doesn't grow on trees, or perhaps you have a different end of the spectrum where you grew up in great privilege and yet you didn't realize that until you were out on your own in the world. Um, that can happen too. I mean, there's so many different combinations of your success path. So here are some things that if you are struggling with anxiety around money, relationships, health, whatever it is, just know that there are so many things that you can do and that you are not powerless over your emotional state. You have the power to heal anything and to navigate through it. So exercise, moving your body is a great way to get those happy chemicals flowing, as well as uh, taking vitamins or herbal supplements. Um, one thing that has really helped me this year is that I quit alcohol. Now, I'm not, um, I'm not saying that you should quit alcohol, if, especially if you enjoy it. I am for whatever brings you joy. But for me personally, what I found is that alcohol would, uh, it would start to cloud my judgment a little bit. And I was never a drinker. I would have maybe one or two glasses of wine at the most. Uh, but for me, it is definitely a depressant. So I decided to steer clear of it. And I'm so happy that I did because I feel a newfound sense of clarity that has improved my my skin and my sleep and just try it if you can. Even if you just did one month booze free, just witness the difference. And then, of course, <laughs> take what you will and leave the rest. Um, meditate. Meditation is so important when it comes to connecting with the universe. And like I said, connecting with the universe on a daily basis through perhaps your journaling practice and spending time in nature, handing it over to the powers that be, the field of infinite potential, and doing the best you can with what you have. If you do not have access to nature, more than likely you probably have access to a local park or the sky. Even if you have an apartment building and you have a balcony, look up at the sky and look at the clouds and the weather and feel the air on your face and just feel gratitude because nature and the resources that nature gives us is the ultimate form of abundance, as well as spending time with your friends and your loved ones and connecting with loved ones. It's so vital for the longevity element of a successful life. You must connect with other humans, tell them that you love them, tell them that you're grateful for them. And also, if you can and you have good friends, talk about your feelings, your emotions, what you're experiencing. And if you're brave enough to share it on social media, tag people that have inspired you. You can even share this podcast episode if that feels you know, in alignment, if you need a starting point to show and to spark a conversation around healing your anxiety around money. And then this is the number one thing that feels the best when it comes to transmuting your energy around money, no matter whether you have money or not, give money, <laughs> give money to others that do not have it. There is such a powerful energy in kindness, especially during the holiday season. I, I love to see, I don't watch TikToks very often, but the ones that I do love, the channels that I subscribe to, um, are they channels? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, uh, the guys, and there's some girls out there as well, that do kind things for people that are really struggling, people that are homeless, people that are living on the streets, and they surprise them by saying, hey, is there something that I can do for you? Is there, and you know what? In the show notes to this episode, I am going to link up to the guy's Amazon wish list so that if you do feel inspired to give something, anything that you can to this guy, what he does on this Amazon wish list is that he buys things like solar portable chargers for mobile phones. He buys phones, sleeping bags, tents, socks beanies, things to keep people comfortable that are really struggling with homelessness. And this is separate from judgment and thinking that, you know, um, how do I put this kindly? That so often with people that are on the streets, you think that they got there because, you know, they're not 
um, that they're on drugs or that they're suffering or struggling with some form of addiction. And let's be real, that is a very real thing. But they are still human beings. We are all in this human being experience together. And the more we can help, if we can, the better. And let's just say you don't have money right now to contribute to an Amazon wish list. If you have clothes in your closet that you no longer wear, donate them to a Goodwill. Make sure that they are quality pieces because you never know who you could be helping set up their life from scratch, like me and those pea stain mattresses that I took so gladly for 15 bucks a piece. That meant everything to me that it was affordable. Now, I'm not saying that you should donate <laughs> gross goods, but if you can offer things that can help other people, that will help somebody in the most unimaginable ways and it will become treasured by them. So help because when you commit a random act of kindness and not just during the holiday time of the year, make it consistent, do something, set a, set an alert on your calendar to make sure that you are doing something charitable for somebody else without need for recognition or need for thanks. Even set a calendar reminder to do that once a month, you will feel so good. And it's not doing it because you will feel good, but it's just the knowing there's like this warm feeling inside of, I did something. I did something to help somebody and it's really paying it forward. And this is why it's so important to me because you know my, my story, my origin story, and you never know. Just because you make millions of dollars doesn't mean that you can keep millions of dollars. I could be living in a really small apartment again and having to go back to goodwill you never know the path that you're going to take it's the openness and the willingness to be on this wild adventure because the purpose of manifestation is to experience the full spectrum the highs the lows the abundance the scarcity the fear the love the restriction contraction and then the beautiful expansion and so if you found this episode valuable today. It would mean the world to me if you could share it and you could rate and review it as well, because this is how we elevate the consciousness of the people that may need these doses of inspiration. You never know whose heart you will touch. So that is it from me for today. Thank you so much for being here with me. I can't believe that it has been such an extensive episode today, but I'm always so thrilled to be able to spend this time with you. Thank you for being here. Sending you so much love. Bye for now.